Are you ready to live a better life? Do you want to have fulfilling relationships with your partner, children, boss, colleagues? Do you want to learn how to overcome obstacles and challenges that are an inevitable part of our everyday life interactions? You have tuned in to the right podcast. Doris Horenstein, author of Moments of the Heart, is ready to do just that. Sit back, listen, and enjoy the learning as Doris shares her stories, Jewish wisdom, and a bit of the Hebrew language and makes this world her classroom. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us today for a really special Facebook Live podcast and an interview with a dear and new friend to me, Bill Carmody. So um, let's welcome, first of all, Bill, before you even know anything about Bill, I want to just welcome him because if he's my friend, you know that this is absolutely a treat to have him right here with me. So hi, Bill. Hi, Doris. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. And I want to tell you why Bill is on the show today. Why is he on interview today? Because just recently, Bill sent me his book as a gift, The Three Rules of Marriage. If you're married, you wanna be married, you have been married for a long time, or you just got married last month, I think you should get this book because it has such beautiful wisdom in a simple, digestible way that can reach everybody's mind, heart, and soul. But before we go into this book, I want you to know that Bill had a life before he wrote this book, okay? This is not his one big to-do. He's actually super accomplished. I'm humbled to be in the presence of Bill today. Thank you. (laughs) I want to say something about, you know, like some of your accomplishments, not all of them, because I can maybe put it in the notes on the podcast later, but he had some really epic adventures, as he calls it. He founded two award-winning multi-million dollar marketing agencies. He is the first to build a commercial website for AT&T, MasterCard, CBS, and others. He has been on the top 100 top influencers. We sales influencers, and that is beautiful. So if you are listening and you're in the business world, if you're in the marketing world, you can gain a lot more advice right now beyond the, the three rules of marriage. He is, and that's that's what I'm going to say next is really amazing. He is an Ironman. So let's talk about that. Okay. 140.6 miles. Absolutely. That's fun. (laughs) You have gained each and every mile, my dear. And I know Bill because of positive intelligence where I've seen his marketing geniuses, but also I saw what an inspirational leader he is and somebody who loves to solve problems and create breakthroughs. So without further ado, thank you, Bill, for joining us. I am so glad to go and dive into this book. Thank you, Doris. It's like when you say all those things up front, you've like raised this bar. So I'm going to do my best to like deliver today. <laughs> so you thank you for that. Yes. You know, just being ourselves, I think that's the best. And I know that when you come with your heart, as you do, Bill, only, only great things happen. So tell me first, what inspired you to write this book? How long have you been married by the time you actually wrote the book? 
those those two questions are one and the same, actually. So so we published this book on the 20 year anniversary of our marriage. So uh, my wife and I got married in September of 2000. And so, you know, September 2020 was the launch of the book. And that's when we became bestselling authors. And what inspired me to do this was a lot of my it started actually in coaching. A lot of my clients, especially executive clients, were struggling in their relationships, specifically in their marriages. And I didn't go out to do relationship coaching. I was very much focused on business coaching and marketing coaching. And yet a lot of my executive uh, clients were bringing up issues and challenges that they were facing in their personal relationships, especially their primary relationships. And because of that, I was realizing that I had some of the best advice on the planet and I hadn't shared it. And so this was my father-in-law. Like My parents were divorced when I was 12. And you know I didn't have a great uh, model, if you will, for how to have a really epic uh, marriage. But when I met my father-in-law and saw that he was blissfully married, and I mean it like 45 years in, they're patting each other on the butt. It was like newlyweds. It was crazy and awesome. And I'm like, that's the model I want. And so when I realized, I, I talked to him, I said, what's your secret? He goes, well, we have three rules. And I said, stop. Let me write them down. <laughs> so I've been using these three rules for the last 20 years and, and it's been amazing. So, so. Okay. so before we, you tell me about this yeah. and tell us, because I read, I read this book and I highlighted parts in it. So Thank I'm you. with you. But before we tell the three rules, mm -hmm. tell me what some of the problems that you saw that your team, that your people that you work yeah. with, that they had, what was the problem that you said to yourself, hmm, I wanna help them. What were some of their situations, some of their aches and pains? Because it could be that somebody who's listening right now can share those pains. Sure. Yeah, you know, what's, what's interesting is, is that there's, there's a fundamental thing that I saw. One big theme was that, you know, the way men and women marry their partners, right? So men marry their partners because they want someone who doesn't change. And, you know, women tend to marry their partners because they want someone to be changed. <laughs> so what I was constantly finding was these women who were trying to change their partners and these men who were hoping that their partners didn't change. And in the process of doing that, it was like, wow, this is just a recipe for disaster. So that was very common. But I think what also was interesting is that the, the there's a distinction between falling in love and building an epic relationship and an epic marriage. And so people expect when I see people have been divorced five, six, seven times, you know, they go through this period of falling in love and they want that to be the experience. And then suddenly when they're quote unquote, no longer in love, what they mean is they're out of that falling in love period. They've normalized and they're like ready for the new hot relationship. And so they're bouncing or they're struggling or things of that nature. And what I really wanted to bring in is, is that, you know, the, to have an epic marriage, it's about what are you willing to do to have the kind of relationship you want? And so from that perspective, it's turning this internal, like instead of like pointing at the partner saying, hey, you need to do this or that, it's holding up the mirror and saying, who do I get to become to have the kind of relationship I'm really committed to having? And, you know, and I really resonate with this because I always believe that the first place is us. The first yeah. place is in the individual, right? Yeah. In my book, the, you know, the, the moments of the heart, the four relationships, I talk about the foundational relationship is the one we have with ourselves. Yes. And when we come to a marriage thinking that we will change the other person or, you know, that is a, sometimes could be a disaster because yeah. we really, the other person, if they want to change, and we'll talk about change a little later, maybe, but yeah. the other person needs to decide to change. We yeah. can't change other people. 
We can inspire them. To yes. Change. Well said. But we can change them. So, by the way, how are your in-laws doing today? How oh, they're great. So, so they're uh, 89 and 88, respectively. They've been married now for 65 years. They're still acting like newlyweds. It's insane. Well, so I know, I know the formula works. Yeah, and their names are Connie and Richard. Yes. And yes. I, yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. And how is Ilana doing, your wife? She's great. So, so, you know, uh, when, when, uh, so when Elaine and I met, we were both in our karate studio and what was great about it was we were both going for our black belts. And it was one of those things where like there was a kinship and a friendship before we, we actually started dating. And even though I continued on and I'm a, a fourth degree about to test for my fifth degree black belt, she switched her, her focus on and does belly dancing. And so she enjoys her dance. She loves what she does and she's just having a great time. It's fantastic. Yeah, you know, it, you remind me when I read that part in your book, uh, my husband and I went after we were married, we went to Israel and we left the two kids there with my parents and did a weekend retreat in Turkey, uh, oh, just wonderful. for the two of us a weekend getaway. And so it was a weekend and on Saturday night, we went to a nightclub that the hotel recommended. It was an international club. And you sat there when they had flags like Israel, Iran, Lebanon, Jordan, this, that. This was the first and the only time in my life where I sat in a place where I had all these people that may not have talked to me if, you know, politically, but somehow in a nightclub, everybody was happy. And yeah. so we were there on the Israel flag, and then there was a belly dancing competition between the tables. So my husband nudges me and says, get on the stage, get on the stage, you're going to win. And I was like, oh, well, I, next to the Iranian, next to, you know, all these people that this is like you know, that's what they do. So anyway, I went on the stage and I won. Yay! The belly, I'm not, you know, this was like the first and only time in my life that I won a belly dancing competition. But the, the, the funny part is the next day we're in the airport waiting to come back to Israel in Istanbul. And somebody stops me and you said, you are Miss Israel who won the belly dancing. <laughs> it's great you're famous you're famous now <laughs> that's great i love it okay, funny man. story and i was reminded of this story as i read your book oh, so great. so now it's so, okay so now let's dive in a little bit into the three secrets the three yeah. rules that yeah. should not be a secret everybody yeah. should have them so, totally. so secrets three <laughs> rules tell yes. us and tell us why is it in that order yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, the, the idea of it's more, the first one is it's more important to say, I appreciate you than I love you. Okay. Everybody the, listen, listen, this is the first rule. It's more important to say, I appreciate you than I love you. Yeah. Internalize that for a second listeners, people who are viewing right now, right? We say so many times, I love you. I love you. I love you. Every turn. Think about that and now back to Bill. Yeah, and, and the whole point about that is, is that I can say I love you and mean it and still be mad at you. I can say I love you and mean it and not want to talk to you and I don't like you very much right now, right? There, so there's an interesting thing about love is that 
that, that, that is, it is more generalized than we intend it to be in a relationship. And so the more important to say, I appreciate you than I love you comes from the context of you're going to spend a lot more time doing dishes, taking out the garbage, doing laundry than you are going to be having sex. Right. And so like from a place of, of I <laughs> right. And so from a place of, I appreciate you, it's making sure that your partner always feels appreciated. So acknowledging my wife, when I see something that she does and she's doing stuff all the time. And so am I taking the time to say, Hey, thank you so much for that. Thank you for cooking dinner for the children, or thank you for going to the grocery store, or thank you for really just spending some time in, that was with quality for us to be able to be together. So whatever it was, that place of appreciation reinforces what I want in the relationship. And so not only am I helping her feel good about it, but I'm actually like reinforcing the appreciation that I have because I'm not taking it for granted. And therefore she doesn't feel taken for granted. She feels appreciated all the time. 100%. Uh, and I know I come from a, from a, a family that when we say I love you it's like really meaningful also so get this when I met my husband and after three weeks my husband says to me one night you know we're sitting and he says I love you mm. and then I said thank you and Bob was like what the heck is happening <laughs> why doesn't she say I love you back and then I said you know I love you is such a huge compliment I I don't take it for lightly, you know, I, so, so I, I really feel, I want to feel it before I just automatically say it back. Yes. You know how sometimes couples says, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's like, it's almost like, you know, I am putting on my pants. I'm, you know, it's, it's a, exactly. it becomes like a meaningless sentence almost. Yes. Yes. And that's, and that's the thing. So it, it's not meaningless when I say to you, Hey, I, Doris, I appreciate you doing the dishes. Like, thank you for that. Like, I know that that wasn't easy. Thank you. Like there's, there's, it, it lands. It's the same way, but like you're saying, I love you and really wanting to mean it. It's important to mean it At the same time. Appreciation is specific. It's not general. It's not like, I love you can be very generalized and it starts to lose some of its power. But when you actually say, I appreciate for something specific, like that always lands. And so by doing it over and over again, you're building that relationship the way you want to see it. And you believe in you're building the tank of your soul. You know, yes. that it's like it's keep on okay. He's noticing when you say to somebody, I appreciate whatever, that means that they have noticed it. Yes. It, it has not been gone, you know, under the rug. They've mm -hmm. noticed it that you did ABC, whatever that is. And that I think is marvelous. Okay, so that's good. Okay. Number two. Rule number two. Say it slowly. I will repeat. I will. Okay. <laughs> Don't keep score. My gosh, this is so important. Do not keep score. And we're not talking about baseball or basketball or football right now. This is not the type of score we're talking about. Bill, give us more juice onto that one. Yes. So, so there's two, there's a whole bunch of reasons why, but what it means to not keep score means don't drag up the past. You know, if, if there was a mistake that was made early in the relationship, if you keep score and keep bringing it up, you're never talking about the problem in the moment. You're now dragging the luggage and the baggage of all of the things that you did wrong into the relationship, into the score. So if you're keeping score, you're no longer able to talk about like, Hey, this is what happened. And I would like to see it corrected. It's like, you always do this. How many times do I have to tell you this? Like 4,000 times, da, 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 right? And then it's, it's so charged 
that there's no possible way to have a logical relationship-based discussion on what needs to change or shift or, or how it makes each other feel because you're bringing the entirety of everything I ever did wrong into that conversation. And how many couples do this? You know, they shove everything into the closet and then it just comes pouring out. Like, it's like one day it's like, ah, I don't care. And they let everything happen. And there's just an all, you, and, and, and ultimately when you keep score, it's about winning. It's not about building the kind of relationship you want. It's about, let me show you why I'm right and you're wrong. This happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Now, here's the worst part. It, men don't have that kind of memory retention. Generally speaking, I'm making a gross generalization, but women hold on to things differently than men do. Their memories work differently than men's do. And so and when, I'm, when a guy says, okay, I'm over it, it's, he means it. It's like, it's gone, it's over. And he doesn't even think about it ever again. But if you allow that to go in, it's an unfair fight because suddenly women have this list of, oh my God, I remember on Thursday you did this and you know two months ago you did that. And remember when this happened in the beginning of our relationship, it's like, there's no way that a guy would even remember half of the things that get brought yeah. up. And so they're going to be beat up every time and they're going to feel completely like trashed. And they're like, you know, no one wants to be in a relationship like that. So what are they going to do? They're going to walk away. They're going to ignore. They're going to just, they're going to try to do everything they can not to have an argument or even a conversation because if they feel beat up, they just don't want to have it. Yeah. And so, you know why? Because women are the gatherers. So yes. From, from inception, we know to gather, and if it's wood, and if it's stones, and if it's yeah. information that we may need for later on, we are gatherers. What men? Hunters. Give yes. me one thing, and let me focus on that. Done. Da I'm done. I'm moving on. You're Sorry. right. You're right. This is, but I want our listeners to also know that even if you right now, let's say you're married 15 years, you're married 10 years, it doesn't matter how many years, and you say that you can still change, right? Yes. There's no, oh my God, I'm saying it all the time, I'm doomed. No, no, no. When we're going to talk about how you are not going to be doomed, okay? Yeah. So stick with us for a few more minutes because we're <laughs> going to go to the, if you have been experiencing that, how can you shift and move to the, the paradise that right now Bill is describing, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. Rule number three in the book, let me show it again, the three rules of marriage. The third rule is what? Never go to bed angry. And now this is really important because it gives you a reset each and every day. You wake up fresh, brand new relationship, new opportunity to grow, new opportunity to build. So it happens even if at late at night you're having an argument or disagreement and you're in the space, you have a choice to make. How important is this particular issue? Is it something that you need to stay up and really work through or can you let it go? Because if you choose to hit your, if you have not made an agreement that we're going to talk about this tomorrow, we're going to set that, that's fine. You can make that exception, but you don't want to go to bed angry and wake up the next morning angry and then start your whole day from the place of the history of whatever just happened the day before. So you have to make a decision. I'm either going to let it go because it really doesn't matter to me that much. And then you make an agreement with yourself. I am letting this go. I'm not going to bring this back up again because see rule number two, don't keep score, right? Or it is important enough to me. So I want to make sure that I'm heard so that I can let it go. But in either way, you're letting it go. Absolutely. And it means you get to start fresh the next day. Yes, absolutely. How many of the listeners and the viewers have gone to bed mad? I mean, I can raise my hand that I've gone to bed mad. Totally. I mean, yeah. I, yes, I remember one time I was so mad, I couldn't sleep in the same bed. I'm like, I am going to the sofa. 
because I was so mad. And then Bob actually, in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m., comes down and he says, come back to bed. You know, we're not going to, you're not going to sleep on the sofa. And I was like, I was huffing a puff. You know, a lot of pride sometimes takes place. When you're totally. in a fight, there's a lot of pride and there's a lot of ego. And we need to sometimes be in check with that. So yeah. now, okay. So these are the three rules. How can, if somebody is in a marriage and is struggling with any one of these, what do you believe should be our next step for a resolution? Our next step that gives us hope? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting is is that, you know, I, I love the concept of, you know, Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world, right? And so I, so to me, that's the application of this work. So the rules are easy. Like you write them down, you're like, oh, I got it. I don't even need the book. I'm just going to write them down and use those rules. Yeah, the the whole, they, they would only be one page if that were the book, right? It wouldn't be a book, it'd be an article. But the reason it's a book is unpacking it. And so specifically, like, how do you be that change in the relationship? So the very first thing is, are you willing to really go out of your way to tell your partner how much you appreciate them? And, and I'll tell you the 30 day challenge is when I'm coaching with someone talking about relationship is it's like, okay, I want you to do the opposite of rule number two. I want you to keep score on the positives. I want you to actually be mindful of how many times you tell your partner, you appreciate them on a daily basis for 30 days. How many times do you say, Hey, I appreciate you taking out the garbage. I appreciate you helping the kids with their homework. I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate. And sort of see like what it comes up naturally and because what gets measured gets managed. And so essentially once people start realizing how little they're telling their partner they appreciate them, they're like, wow, I do take for granted all the stuff that my partner does and they don't know how much I appreciate them. And that automatically rises. So if you were to keep track, days one, two, and three is gonna be a low number. By the time you're on day 29, if you really do the exercise, it's like, wow, 30, 30 different times today, 40 different times today, I told my partner how much I appreciate them. Whereas day one, it might be two or three times. And so there's a natural evolution because you're being the change you want to see. And what happens? This is always the question. If they do the 30 day challenge, I say, well, what happens at the end of 30 days? Wow. I never knew how much I was appreciated because what happens is it gets reciprocated. Now that's not the purpose of the exercise, but you can't help it when someone's constantly doting on you, how much they appreciate you. They're filled up and they want to do something, want to release, they want to give back. And so what do they do? They were exchanged like, well, thank you. And let me tell you all the things I appreciate about you. And then that just starts to build up. Now that's not why you're doing it, but it's a happy benefit of the work. Yeah? It is sage brings out sage in others. Got it. When you come with the sage and we know that both of us, positive intelligence coaches, yeah. when you totally. come with the sage, you invite the other person's sage to come out and exactly. greet you back. If you exactly. come out with your, that's what you get. So I love that. I love how you chose the word to use the word mindfulness. Yes. I loved that you talked about making a choice because yeah. life is full of choices. And I will, in, I will just add one more thing that I think the first thing that you need, that we need, we all need to have is awareness. Yes. Awareness of where we are in the relationship. Don't put your head in the, you know, inside a sack and say, yeah, everything is fine. Everything is fine. You know, because I've been married 20 years, 15 years, 20 years. Ah, if I've been married this long like this, I can stick it for the next 
30 years like that, right? Well, that was it. You saw that in the book, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is like one of the things I do in the very first chapter is I have people evaluate where they are. There's five levels of relationship. And I ask people to ask, where are you? Now, level five is where I'm at. It's where Anand and Gah are at, you know, Dakani and Dick Nice are at. It's blissful marriage, knowing that like, I am so lucky to be in this relationship to the point where like, I couldn't imagine it being any better. That's level five, that, right? That's beautiful. That is and, and, and how many people are there, right? Like the, I, I, to me, if you really want to see like world peace, <laughs> it's, it's like if everyone had a level five relationship, they wouldn't fight about anything. I, They'd be like, why would I? I'm having the greatest life of my life. Why would I, why would I be upset, right? I and, so, and, and then that encourages happiness because let me tell you, from all of what I've seen is when people are happy in their se- for, with themselves, with their intimate relationships with their family relationships, it comes out to the world. Yes. When I see somebody at the, at the workplace that is gloom and doom personality, I know, I know that it's not about the office. It's not about that work. It's not about that Got task. It. It's way deep down somewhere else. And, and, then, and then you develop, you know, when you work in this environment, then you develop a compassion and an empathy towards that person and the difficulties that they must have, even if they cannot right now see it for themselves. Yeah, and and that's the thing. So like, if you look at level four, it's like, I'm happy, but I know there's more. Level three is interesting because my grandparents had a level three marriage, level three relationship, which was, you know, it is what it is. What was interesting is, is that it was very religious based. And I know there's a lot of different religions represented. And I'll tell you, like, I grew up Catholic. My parents, my grandparents were Catholic. But what's interesting was, is that when I noticed, I noticed that my Nana and my grandpa, grandpa were not in a loveful relationship. They were in what I considered a loveless relationship. Now, by the time I got there, they've been married for 40 plus years. You know, it's, it's all, but what I noticed was, wow, they don't seem to hold hands. They don't kiss each other. They don't, they're not very touchy. Uh, um, you know, they, they're very civil, like they're nice to each other. They weren't mean, they weren't cutting each other down, but they kind of went to their own corners. Mm. And so, you know, to me, that's a level three where it's like, it is what it is. And my grandfather just accepted what he had. My, my Nana accepted what she had. And I just, I knew that I would never be okay in that relationship. In fact, for me, divorce would have been the better option because I really want both my partner and me to be happy. And if we really can't be happy, I don't want to go to our separate corners and just, you know, wait for the other person to die. That doesn't make sense to me. But essentially, if you have a religious connection there, like you're married in the eyes of God and you're not allowed to get divorced, like there's a whole other level there. And I think that's what I experienced was that they were so trying to be good Christians that they just they were not even dealing with their relationship yeah they and forgot that's unfortunate. Their own, yeah they forgot their own individuality yes. and, their own, and their own self-fulfillment yeah. wow you know what that is such an incredible conversation first again i want to show everybody the book the three rules of marriage what again we didn't talk about in the book is that there it is a kind of like a workbook you know yeah. there is places where you can write notes and put in some of your ideas in there so Please, if you are thinking of wanting and desiring a healthy relationship, a good relationship, a relationship that can sustain over many trials and tribulations, because let me tell you, it doesn't matter what kind of marriage you have. You can have the most incredible marriage. You will still have challenges. Don't think the challenges are not the place of if you're a happy married, no challenges. Uh Uh-uh. Would you would you agree with me? Agreed, absolutely. We're working on it every day. I mean, that's all how we the get time. To all the time. 
But when you have a blissful relationship, the challenges become more manageable. Yes, very much so. And, and one of the points you made about the workbook is one of the things I've done, because this is also on audiobook, um, the three rules of has the full workbook available for free. So you don't have to buy the book to get the workbook. And so it's a compilation. Uh, certainly it helps if you have the context, right, for your content. But essentially, if you want to check out the workbook, three rules of you can download it and then you can actually start this work even before you have the book and they'll give you some things to work on and immediately take action. Oh, that is beautiful. So Bill, this is like so amazing. What, how would people get in touch with you and and seek your advice, expertise, coaching, and all the good things that you have in your arsenal of goodies? It's all there at the three rules of marriage.com. There's two websites. My personal website is billcarmody.com. And either place is a great place to start. It's you'll get my information, how to reach out to me, get time on my calendar, the whole nine. But really the point of this is I'm more interested in your audience being able to really step into the best relationship they can possibly have. And for me, like as much as it's great, yeah, fine, reach out, great. But if you are willing to work on this stuff, the whole purpose of the book and the workbook and everything else there is because you really can do this on your own. It's really an opportunity for you to step in to your best practice and be able to understand like what it is to have that kind of epic relationship. Yeah. That is beautiful. And so now my dear listeners and viewers, now you see why I absolutely had to have Bill on my show because Moments of the Heart is about creating healthy relationship, positive relationships with yourself and with everybody that is around you. So thank you so much, Bill, for joining us here, for inspiring us. And um, I'm looking forward to continued and deepen friendship with you and your entire family, because now I feel like I know them all. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and Doris, thank you for having me on your show. It's it's, it's an honor and privilege to be able to connect with you and and share all this great, these insights and your stories with your listeners. It's fantastic. And thank you for allowing me to do that. My pleasure. Thank you. And everybody listen to the podcast. If you didn't, if you picked up the video and you want to listen to the podcast, Moments of the Heart, you can download it. And I would love a review because the more reviews, the better we are. And let's uh, tune in for our next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care.